Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP, the Sex Actually podcast. As always, it's your boy, Dave Neal, with Tasha Courtney. Hello, Tasha Marie. Hello. How are you? You got me pretty loud. I am always trying to amplify the voices (laughs) of the female audience. Your boy woke Dave over here. Okay, whatever. Always trying. Am I woke? I I don't, but judging by the internet, I don't know if I'm a simp. Don't know what that means. I don't know. I'm assuming it's bad. I think it's like a cuck. I think a simp is like a cuck. If you get called a four-letter word, you should probably assume it's not someone who likes what you do. But either way... I wish there was like a dictionary for all of these new words that Gen Z TikTokers are creating. That's the first way you feel you know that you're getting old <laughs> is music and then words you didn't know. <laughs> like, um, like um, what's the other one? A stan? When you stan something? That's a good thing. If oh. someone stands you, that means they really like you and they support you. Oh, good. Well, I didn't know that. I was too busy being called a cuck boy and a simp. But uh, for all my stands out there, thank you so much. And I bet you most of our audience doesn't even know what words we're talking about. So we've got that. But uh, we are here today. If anyone's new to us, Tasha and myself are um, thriving in a long-term relationship and long-term partnership as co-hosts and uh, travel partners and the occasional um, whoopee making. We have been dating for long enough that it's become occasional <laughs> at best. Some people are talking about like they've been in the pandemic. They're like, they've just been killing it with their sex life. I don't think ours has changed at all. I don't think it's... No, I don't think it has changed either. You know, we've had a lot of friends have pregnancy announcements lately too. A well, lot that's of it, folks. We got to go. <laughs> uh, that's the pressure starting right now. No, I'm serious. A lot of quarantine babies. Now, I most babies I think are ugly, but we've got some good looking friends. We got some people out there that are making good looking babies. Like we've got, you know, Cherub and Mark. They've got like a ethnically, you know, ambiguous child they've created. There's some good things out there. You and I, I don't know. I feel like if the baby looks more like me, you're going to blame it for when it doesn't have success in life because it got, Why would you say something like that? I got more goofiness. I got more goofy uh, features, I think. Maybe if we have a boy, he can take after you because boys are allowed to be goofy. And if we have a girl, she can maybe take after What's my son of family. What's with these gender uh, uh, arc, you know, Listen, I didn't make it up. I'm just saying that the world is uh, not as willing to accept a goofy girl. I, um, I mean, you're in comedy. You tell me I'm making that up. Well... I think uh, I was told growing up I looked like Robert Kennedy. And then I found out once Google became a thing that he was the ugly Kennedy. (laughs) I got told I was the bucktooth Kennedy. (laughs) Not JFK, not JFK Jr. There's a whole lineage of Kennedys. I'll take Ted Kennedy. But instead, I got Robert Kennedy. I don't know anything about I think he was a um, presidential candidate. And um, boy, geez, I don't know much about him. But uh, I... uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll take it. Fine. I'm like, uh, whatever. But anyway, so um, big news today. Uh, while while on the shitter, I found out big news. That's where most of the big news comes when you're on the shitter. <laughs> That's the only time you check your email? That uh, my first big attempt to get an article curated on Medium got curated. Awesome. My article that was called um, Why I Procrastinated My Proposal, which has some good alliteration there. Yeah. It's a pretty well-written title, Why I Procrastinated My Proposal. And the idea behind the article was, you know, part of me on the title, I think it seems, I wasn't trying to blame myself in the article, but the article is really just about why there are forces that exist in life that keep us from like taking the next step in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, we always talk about the book, The War of Art, and how there's a creative resistance. He uses the term resistance to pretty much uh, talk about this negative energy that keeps us from making the leap, whether it's, you know, getting into podcasting or a writer or baby blogging, whatever it is you want to do. If you have like this really good idea, but you're afraid to start, it's probably resistance. You should probably buy the book, The War of Art. Um, but once you open up the laptop and once you sign on to Wix.com or do whatever it is you want to do, it becomes easy. I couldn't get you off your laptop the other day. You were so busy working on the new website for the travel blog. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is um, ADHD. Yeah, but no, you got started. So what was it? You know, some people just need to literally like we had to literally get you your laptop. We had to go buy you the laptop. And then you knew that was like, all right, I've committed to it. I put the money on the credit card. Let's make this happen, you know? And it just, it, there's, they're called, they're forces. We all, there's different forces that need to make things go into action. Whether it's like someone, you know, if you get broken up with, you're like, you know what? Fuck. Or you get fired. Someone gets fired. Like, you know what? Fuck. Or global pandemic. You're like, if I don't do this now, what am I going to do it? Well, it's true that sometimes, and some people really need the universe to make a decision for them. Because that can be kind of a gift, right? If you get fired from your job, it's like it takes the decision out of your hands instead of you having to, you know, labor over what if, should I, shouldn't I, uh, to quit your job. You know, it's it's a gift that you're it's given. It's the best case scenario is when the universe makes the decision You can't for talk you. yourself out of it, right? You're, you are, it's like getting pushed off the cliff. You know, we talk about leaving. you say pushed off the clit. cliff. Cliff. We say leap and the net will appear, you know, but maybe you're up there and you're scared of bungee jumping or whatever. Somebody just gives you a shove. Yeah. You know, that used to be the thing with you, you teach kids to swim, sink or swim, Johnny, and you throw them in the pool. I don't think you can. That's not you can't do that anymore with oh, parenting. Totally. You still throw your, you still kid, throw in your kid in the pool. Yeah, absolutely. No, I don't need a kid who's afraid of pools because you, have, you pushed him in. No, that's how they like. Have you ever watched those videos babies, of babies? That's different. You're teaching that, that for survival. You throw the baby in and they know how to float up because they got a fat belly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, I don't know. But so for, for, for me talking about resistance, I think when the universe makes the decision for you, the question is how many times did you not listen to your intuition before the universe is like, all right, you're fired. We're done. You know? Yeah. And, and that sort of resistance will, until you like learn to address it and overcome it, it will continue to pop up in different areas of your life. But it, it takes some real like soul searching to be able to look at yourself and be like, okay, why am I standing in my own way on this? If I know it's something that I really want, if I know that it's something that I'm capable of, why am I so afraid to get started? I think the why first step so is to look at your limitations. What limitations? So let's use... As are a, you... Well, and limitations are... They can be man-made, psychological. They can be they real. They can be just a story that you're telling yourself. But also, what's a real limitation anyway? I mean, well, honestly, what's uh, a real... I mean, there's more and more evidence that we're totally just living in a simulation, right? Boy, we'll get into we'll get into some of the, the reasons why. But yeah, I just feel like I'm... You know, it's a, it's a weird... It's a strange world out there. But I'll say, use, using uh, this article as a case study, the, the reasons I procrastinated my proposal, things we've talked about, the idea as a guy who's, you know, a struggling comedian, just trying to hustle my ass off. Talk about uh, sex life. I mean, nothing was worse for our relationship than when I was working extra hours driving Uber. Nothing was worse. I was working until 5 a.m. on weekends. You were getting up early. I mean, it was, I would literally wake up, roll out of bed, and just go straight to work. I wasn't even, like, seeing you. It was a whole mess. It was 
not good. It was bad. And, you know, as soon as, you know, again, talk about the universe. The universe put me in a bad car accident because of that. I still did it for a few months after that. I got out of it. It took a little bit of time to adjust. But the idea that, like, you know, you, you need you need to know what your healthy relationship is, but know when you're not taking the next steps. So I couldn't even get my debt paid from my car accident. You know, it took like four years for that to settle. It was just insane. If anyone wants to hear this, the nitty gritty story, it's on Patreon. I can't share it here, but the full story is on Patreon, but it took years to settle. It took years to get back to the basics. And, and you know, when you're, when you're struggling to even like not have credit card debt, just getting break even is the hardest part. That's like, that's like the thing that with society is like they're there. Every company's trying to find ways to get you to finance with them and this and that. It's just like some, you know, they're trying to lock you down. And anyway, so I finally got to the place where like we booked a job. I got paid some money that canceled all my debt. It was amazing. Okay. Now we start moving forward, but I still had the resistance that once I got the engagement ring, then I'd have to do the the wedding, all these things that were like huge things. And I always thought, man, if I could just be like a baller who has sold my screenplay, has all this money, throw it on the black card, take the whole family, like do it proper. So part of my resistance has been wanting to do it proper. And unfortunately, that's, Tasha, an, that's an expectation, right? But the funny part is, is that you like my love for you, all that has nothing to do, nothing to do with it. But you just, Nothing. you made up these scenarios in your head, right? I mean, that's really what you're saying is that you, you were telling yourself that you couldn't do A and B at the same time, that you had to first complete A to have B. Right. And so then everything's, if I do this, then this, if I can do this, then this, and that's what a limitation is. So I'll read for you. I, so the article got posted. Um, uh, I worked with this guy, Dan, he's the creative like editor for PS. I love you, which is medium's largest relationship based publication. So a lot of people read medium articles and don't really know what they are. And I totally get that. I didn't, I'm always against like blogs and like jazz, you know, not jazz, but like but these stupid is not just blogs. I mean, you can get some really interesting info and like well thought out stuff on medium. Like uh, there was this article that I shared, um, a couple months ago that was like, uh, confessions of a former bastard cop and it was a retired cop that yeah. was just like kind of highlighting stuff that went on in his department that he was not proud of. You know, it's a lot of people giving personal experiences, not necessarily people who are journalists or writers, but people who have like a very niche expertise, you know, they feel like compelled to share what they know because they are an expert in their field. You'll get some people chiming in, you know, in the age of COVID about medicine, whatever, like it's yeah. a, it's a fun place to go to, to read stuff that's kind of like straight from the horse's mouth and not and filtered so through the, the base of medium is a blog. And then from there you can submit it to their specific publications. They have tech publication, all these different publications. So at the very least anyone can do it. And my first article I wrote, uh, which was called the four, um, the four tips for living with a highly sensitive person was a fun little like listicle thing where I just said like, you know, get Bluetooth headphones, don't annoy or don't, you know, no emotional labor, give them, give them space, you know, typical things. And I mean, you know, I tried to keep this, been fun, but also like eh, real advice. And and I guess for me, now I don't think many dudes are in the relationship ball game because we've just always been trained not to talk about it. It's just a slight advantage if you, if you're a guy and you're willing to talk about the emotional side of things because you know all we're taught all we're taught to talk about is like sex, you know, hook up, pick up stuff like that. 
And I think a lot of guys run into trouble once they get into a relationship. They can't keep a relationship going because their whole lives, men have sort of seen in the family, in school, in wherever, that women will defer to them or kind of work around them. You know, moms kind of like traditionally have like done all of the picking up and they like can't convince their sons to like put their laundry in the laundry hamper. So they just like give up on it and work around. And so I think a lot of guys haven't been trained to like look inward, do the emotional work and realize like this in a, in a relationship, we're talking about a partnership, right? And your girlfriend doesn't want to be your mom and is not going to work around your hangups. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, I'm thinking of some of my friends like Channing, Gooch, love them to death. I've never once had either one of them be like, hey, Dave, can I ask you this like advice, like bro advice? You know what I mean? I've got guys like Darren that's asking me like, hey, I did some weird things. What do you think of this? You know, like I've got some friends that are willing to bet. It's like I'm the most open to my friends and like I don't need them to spill their guts to me if they don't want to. But what if they do? What if they are like on the fence about something or this or that? So, so yeah, where does a guy go for advice? It's the sap, folks. So that's what it is. It's just an open conversation. It's not, it doesn't have to be a gender thing. It's just for some reason. And again, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's a percentage of women that have a hard time opening up as well. But all I can do is address my guys out there and a lot of listeners that will write in because they're, they don't know me personally. So they feel like they can, which I love that. Sex actually podcast at gmail dot com right in you know what i mean uh, we're, we're we're obviously happy to talk about our relationship but yeah these guys don't 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 open up and it's just like well man, man that's that's cancerous there's a lot going on in there so i talked a lot about that in the article when it comes to like okay well the first step for me to like leap in the net will appear was to start asking some friends who have proposed advice. My buddy Miko, he's like, you got to get on this side. It was like called Rare Carrot where they compare diamond ring prices. And that's good because it's it's almost like you don't want to go to the mechanic or like I don't want to go to the dentist, right? Because I don't want to know what they have to say. Now that check engine lights on. Yeah, nah, but avoiding it is only going to make it worse. I had one of those stickers that's that said like I voted right, and I just like put it over the dashboard where my check engine light is. You can't even see it. Someone wants to steal my car battery. Good. Now you can't light up the check engine light. I don't want to address my problems, and that's what that's what kind of resistance is is the unknown. So, and by the way, I wanted to ask you this: Do you think you would have resistance if you had to find the perfect ring for me, and I got and it was like three months salary, whatever the bullshit of it all is. Like, tell me how you would have dealt with it. I don't know. I mean, well, this kind of- You can't of, even buy me a birthday card. No, so, so that's let's not start true. There. I've bought all the cards. Providing <laughs> them that card. Every, one of the, every <laughs> card that Tasha's got me is in her dresser because she doesn't know how to write, hello, I love you, love Tasha. <laughs> I can totally write that. Write it. No, you, you hold the standard. You set the bar so high for the type of love letters you expect. As a media, as a media uh, author, you're saying? You, no, you just, <laughs> you, uh, listen, you pre-criticize me for the cards that haven't even like, c- been manifested Anything yet you want to write you I would tell love. me no that's not I'm true like a dad you're saying with a that now kid. but you literally have you've always said oh it's gonna be three words oh it's gonna be stupid not gonna be heartfelt you you've already put this pressure on me to perform when it comes to card writing so now i'm frozen with fear. why don't you workshop it with some of your instagram people dm tasha tasha courtney and help her write me a dang valentine slash birthday card 
We're running out of holidays. You're just mounting up these cards. Anyway, continue. So do you think you could, you know, you know, do you think you would have had the same resistance that I had? I think when you know something is important to your partner, you find a way to make it work, right? If I know that one thing that I do really annoys you, I'm going to try hard not to do that thing. It's simple. So if I know that like you really wanted a proposal in this, you know, wacko world you're asking us to imagine. Yeah, I think I would I would take the baby steps to make it work because, you know, the choice is propose or ruin the relationship. Well, I mean, not ever. And, and it's important. Like I said in the article, some people are fine having a long domestic partnership and they don't need proposal. That's totally that's fine. That's something that you needed. You and know, and you, of course, it's not it's not asking much for you to want. Of the ring because I understand. I, I wish society wasn't this way, but I understand the pressures and the shot clock working against you when your friends start having... I mean, yeah, when your sister got engaged, we weren't in a good place like like for, for a different reason. And then I found that out and I was like, golly, this sucks for me because your sister's younger and it was just like... And that, that wasn't motivation to propose because like we had already started looking at rings and all that, but it was kind of just like, I could understand that the comparisons that happen in life, you know, it, it's normal to compare yourself to your other friends. It's normal to compare yourself to your younger sister. It's a thing. Did you compare yourself to him? Did you look at Tony who is probably five years or more younger than you yeah, and more, compare more yourself years. to him thinking, Oh, this young guy feels sure of himself, took the leap, took, was proactive. Didn't well, need my sister prodding him. No, and it's no offense to Tony, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but like he's in med school, and like I don't, I don't know what his financial situation is, but I've been working my ass off on every level to get cash flow. You know what I mean? I was working my ass off on every level to do all that. Meanwhile, pursuing all of my dreams, which which haven't really paid off. You know what I mean? So like, I wasn't just sitting around getting beers with the bros, not putting the effort in. I just wasn't there. So I, I, I had no, but were you really not there? This is, I actually, had I mean, this could, conversation. I, could I have bought a ring two years ago? No, it would have been the most, the dumbest way to way to like start. Cause it would have had to, I would have had to buy it on like some credit system. It would have been bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm, and and so we posted. I, I posted the article, uh, the uh, you know uh, why I procrastinated my proposal. And one of the comments on Facebook was from Carmel Rogers, right? That's her name. And she was one of the. She goes, "I'm glad you waited because she was one of the Australians we met in Thailand that we got to hang out with the night before I proposed. And they're all wasted, and their husbands were like, "Oh, you should have proposed already," not knowing I had you know the ring warmed up, ready to sling at you the next morning. So then we saw him at breakfast. We were like, oh, look at this. It was amazing. It was like perfect. I don't regret any of it. We would probably never even talk about this if it wasn't for this article that I wrote. But um, but yeah, I just, I couldn't, I wasn't there for whatever reasons, limitations, because uh, you, you, you do self-actualize limitations. So, so to answer your question, which you haven't asked yet, if it was one year into dating and I knew I wanted to marry you, could I have started putting money away? Y- yes, yes. It, it, yeah. And that you re- literally did read my mind just now, because that's what I'm saying <laughs> is that most people, right. I mean, it is, it's like, it's something that you have to choose to do. And I had this conversation with a, another girl in a Facebook group, um, a few days ago, she was feeling 
bummed because it had been she's been with this guy six years they have a kid together she has expressed that she really wants to get married and they have a kid yeah and he it just kind of like laughs it off right among other things you know he had like made some kind of like cruel jokes about it and she was asking these women other ladies in the group advice what should i do and you know, it's like if if a guy, if you have expressed that this is something that is a, a want for you, this is a priority in your relationship, you want to be married, you either, he either needs to start taking those baby steps and overcome these sort of mental blocks that he has against the idea of marriage, or he needs to specify, I'm never going to be down for marriage, and you have to decide what you want to do about that. And, and luckily for because me- Because if you have different values and different priorities about like what your relationship looks like it's never gonna work for for us it wasn't there wasn't any like rejection of of wanting to get married it was kind of like i always kept my books open to you and showed you like look i might not have money saved but i have a lot of debt that was wiped out like there was a lot of there was a lot of efforts to get out of that so once i was able to get out of it i got out of it fast once once but but you you realize that not like having a plan can help you to accelerate getting out of debt exactly we talk about this on dave ramsey's baby steps or choose fi like it's all about a plan step one is making a budget and that's why knowing what's coming in and what's going out that's what's make that's what makes our partnership good because a lot of my leap in the net will appear go on and get it i've 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 done to help you in a lot of your pragmatic do this do these specific things regardless of cash flow blah 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 has helped me and that's the truth. Like we've helped each other where I'm like, you got to just create, babe. You got to just do it. Things will come. And then that's not always enough to have that. But like we we both just have the separate tools. So while I didn't get that message right away, and I don't want to make the articles not about like I paid the price and I'll never make a mistake again, but it's about looking at like understanding what what it was, what the resistance was. I'll read a quote. So um, how douchey is this? I'm quoting my own article, but there's a way where like people can highlight something and share it. And somebody highlighted this quote from my article. And my immediate thought was that they were going to shit on it because we just had that whole experience where we had 1400 or so angry people on my YouTube video, on video, just shitting on it. So I was like, Oh, what's she going to have to say about this? And it turns out she just like liked the quote, <laughs> but the quote was this, um, isn't it possible to be more happily in love with a supportive partner while also racing towards my creative and professional goals at the same time? I needed to tear down the limiting walls I had constructed and get back to a life that wasn't so dependent on outside forces. So whenever you have any resistance, you just know you're letting someone else win. You're letting something else win on your resistance. And I was done with that. And we looked for a few months. We, I'm so glad we didn't get that ring in Fall River. It was nice, but it was whatever. But I, I've always told you all along, I'm not going to be the one that just surprises you with some ring you never heard of before. So that wasn't what it was all about. And then when we fa- and then I, I literally prayed to whoever I am praying to, you know, that I was like, look, if someone could take away the bullshit of finding the ring, it was like, hey, here's the one she wants. It's perfect. Done. And when I saw that, when I saw that, I, we found that that was the one done. I figured it all out because I had like gone far enough to know what, what, what my hangups were. I got over them and then I was ready to act. We booked our flights to Thailand before that ring, before we had even seen that ring. You tagged that ring. No, no, no. You tagged me in this 
you know, I think four months before we went to Thailand, five months before you tagged me in this like thing, this like diamond ring regalia that was happening that you wanted me to go to while I was at work. I'd meet you there for lunch. We'd go check it out. I, I, I didn't take the bait. It was a big fight because you didn't think I cared about it. And I was like, all right, you really wanted me to leave work to do this, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to get into it. No, that's not what happened at all. You're Hold completely on, rewriting history. I, I re- I'm trying to get this thing done with less no, than half I, an hour. No, I hear that you're trying to get this off. thing done, but let's be honest right, about what quick. happened. Make it quick. You blew it off. Yeah, I was at work though. No, it so was like, different. You, we, you, we had talked about going to this thing. We had said, <laughs> "Let's go." It's on a Sunday, right? But you didn't set aside the time, and you never spoke of it again. You literally tried to ghost this thing, <laughs> hoping that I would forget about it. All right. So anyway, so we meet with this lady, Grace uh, Jules by Grace is her Instagram, right? And um, we finally meet with her. Step like five months later, and we t- we told her, hey, yeah, we tried to see you at this thing because she was like a small dealer. You know, they bring a briefcase. It looks like you know nothing, but it's a million dollars worth of diamonds, right? And we were like, oh, we tried to see you at this event, and she was like, you know what? I didn't even have this ring yet. We got this ring right after, so it worked out in that way. And I'm not saying everyone's resistance should work out, but just know that the best time to invest, you know, they say is 10 years ago. The second best time is today, right? So, like for for us to invest in a relationship, you know, I don't think we need to look back and say we had five years of wasted time. We just had a roller coaster. I mean, a real battle, a real battle between like living in a a really tough town trying to make it, trying to get all my ducks in an order and realizing you don't necessarily have to do that. You don't necessarily have to do that. But the brick wall of the engagement ring is a pain in the ass. I still believe intrinsically that the value is completely overinflated, run by the De Beers industry, all that jazz. But if that ring gets cut off your finger and stolen, I got insurance on it whatever. <laughs> At this point, it's just like a savings no, account that doesn't have interest. Emotional. No, it has I'm just saying sentimental value. I'm just saying I got the insurance. So whatever. Whatever. Now every listener is going to be following me in, st- in the street. Come at on night. at it. We live on Vine Street in Los Angeles, California, You're 1912. Don't send us uh, any postcards. That's not the real address. Uh, but I will tell you the address if you subscribe to the Patreon. We, You're that's so a, ridiculous. I'll just start leaking foot photos of Tasha just to get on the Patreon. You know, actually, wait, Amy Nicole Schreiber, who has been on the podcast, right? Was she? Years ago, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I don't know how else I would know her except maybe at shows or something. She posted a clip today from a different podcast talking about how she has a foot daddy, like a sugar daddy for feet photos. Yeah. So it's funny that you brought this up because that sounds like big money. She said she gets a hundred dollars per photo and $500 per video. Holy crap. Yeah. Some good toe jam right there. Right. I, I need a foot daddy. Get a foot daddy. You should get a foot daddy. You can only get a way. foot daddy if the foot daddy's into like extra fungusy dirty feet. Oh boy. <laughs> I got a niche, folks. Oh, I'm putting the you foot. You can charge premium for that. I got a sharp toe. I got a toe that if you tried to cut it with those scissors that cut metal, it would just chink and then break the scissors right off. I got a real tough situation, but I'm working on it, folks. So uh, don't send me sandals. Uh, we really don't need that. Uh, it's not too bad. I'm getting there. Well, moving on. But anyway, so 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 to see that the article was published, um, I'm hoping you know I, I it was published and curated, which means not only did <clears throat> not only did PS I love you publish it, the largest relationship kind of um, you know 
home base uh, for articles on Medium, but also Medium's curating it, which means for people that search for humor and relationships, it'll be one of their choices. So hopefully people, and some people that are listening to this might have found us from the Medium. So if you, if, if that was the case, hello, uh, after you've listened to a few episodes, write in, tell us about your love life, dating and relationship history, your personal saga, why, you know, your mom hates you. What's the deal? You know what I mean? We've all, we've all got the same issues that we apply to our relationships, both personal, professional, whatever. So we're here to just talk about them and try to shine some light on it. But, uh, okay, let's get right into this. Talking about 4th of July. What, uh, you know, here's, here's, uh, here's what I think happened to Kanye. Okay. He's celebrating 4th of July. Someone's playing Lee Greenwood's song, God bless the USA, whatever the hell. And he's, you know, he's had a little bit to drink. The fireworks are going off and he's like, you know what? I'm running for president. I think that's what happened. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's total, it's 100% a publicity stunt. Like, there's no, like, r- real path to victory for him. I, if I you think know. about it, no. 150 delegates have already been accounted for, right? That's for the primary. 200. If you don't get the nomination, you can't run, babe. Going indie. He's going independent. Put him on the ballot. Kanye, 2020. 200 more delegates will be spoken for in the next month. So, I mean... Well, you got to wipe that aside. Wipe aside winning the DNC. That's not going to happen. You know what I mean? It's going to have to be an independent thing. Question is, is he work? And this is what people are wondering. Is he working with Trump because he's going to take all of Biden's black voters? You know, Biden's got a lot of black voters. I, um, okay. Maybe in theory, that's a thing, but he's also like very MAGA. He was. But then he said that he was like on the inside working, you know, the pro- one of the problems is that he has had mental health issues and who wouldn't, we just watched, Brit- we just watched Britney Spears on TikTok. She's like losing her mind, right? Who wouldn't that's, that's thrown in the spotlight have, ha- have mental health issues. But he, he literally had like, you know, I mean, there's a lot that could be used against him if he was actually a serious candidate, but I'll say this and not to mention now that he's got his clothing line over at gap, you're going to have some good looking chinos over there in the executive branch. They're all going to have stonewashed jeans and taper pants. His clothing lines at gap. Yeah. They paid him big that. money. Gap, gap was like ready to go bankrupt. And then this week, the, his easy line, I'm going to sound so white. His easy line <laughs> is now with the gap. Yeah. Big time. Hmm. I think it's like a 10 year deal or something. He signed big time, big money for, for that, which was interesting because his shoe line was with Adidas, but he never had, his clothing line wasn't with anybody. You should know this. You worked for the gap, didn't you? I did. Yeah. So apparently they were going out of business, but um, now they're back. They're back, baby. So yeah, Kanye's going to have a nice presidential campaign with some nice acid washed, uh, low cut boot jeans or whatever. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that it's a serious thing, but I think this sort of political discourse is very good for our nation to say, you know what? We don't love the other candidates. Like until you step into that voting booth, everything's on the table. There's already people fighting going, well, if you really do choose Kanye, that's a vote away from Biden. So if you choose Kanye, that means you're a Trump fan. I hate people that do that. I hate people that say, well, if you're voting for Bernie, you're just going to give the vote away because, you know, ugh. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's super annoying, but we do need to be mindful of the fact that we are stuck in this horrible two-party system, this binary choice system. Yeah, it it sucks, but 
it's also, I mean, we've never had a viable third party candidate ever. Well, let me ask you this. Kanye versus Trump. Who does Taylor Swift vote for? That's the tough one. She's anti-Trump, but she's pretty anti-Kanye too. Honestly, I, I mean, it, I just, I'm kind of like disgusted and sickened by this whole thing. Trump never should have been a president. He's not qualified to be our president and neither is Kanye West. And the fact that both of these egomaniacs think that they are, they should be the president of the United States and one actually did get elected. It just makes me sick to my stomach. It makes me feel like our country's a fucking joke. Well, it goes to show how bad the political system was that made this happen. So for people to think that Trump came out of nowhere, it is a result of a crooked system. But I feel like Trump becoming president, it's like when your buddy's wasted trying to drive home, eventually, you know, you know, yeah, you ever have like a buddy or you're, I feel like, you know, I was in the, I was in the fraternity culture. Uh, you were probably like observant of all the rules, but you've always got that buddy who's wasted and you got to take his keys from him. He's like, come on, man, I'm fine. I'm good. Just let me drive. I'm just going home. And you know, he's going to get drunk and go through the Taco Bell drive-thru. You, you don't give him his keys back. Eventually. Wait, Taco Bell drive-thru sounds Good. I know. Let's. But, no, but, but are you but, saying but eventually, eventually you person... just give him the keys and go? All right, Tony, go have a blast. And then he just sideswipes the neighborhood on the way out, and you go. That I was a bad idea. The story you were gonna tell is that you know your buddy drives home drunk and does it and gets there and doesn't hurt anybody ninety nine times, but on the one hundredth time, eventually he gets a DUI. Well, that's or eventually what, gets in a terrible accident. Trump, Trump is a combination where he has done a few things. He has recklessly done a few good things, and he's done a lot of harm. So I'm not here to decide which one's which one's bigger. I think the harm is the bigger. Uh, but it's 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 the Trump derangement syndrome is the people that are unwilling to say some of the good things. You know, like he's he's not the answer, but he was at least the first the start to say, you know what? Let's like let's like blow the lid off this thing. Well, and he some just people drained could the swamp argue. And, and put his own cronies in. He did the first half of draining the swamp, and then he refilled it with his own cesspool. Uh, That's a good. I, I think there is some merit in the idea that you kind of just got to burn it all down and like rebuild from scratch that sort of scorched earth because trying to rework the system within this very corrupt framework, I mean, it's nearly impossible to make um to make changes, to make significant changes to a system that already exists and runs and has moving parts. Like you can't make significant change, which I think is what America needs. Well, I, I don't want to argue against baby steps, but it's just challenging. And sometimes you do have you to a revolution. throw it all out, start from scratch. Yeah. You want a revolution. And like we, you know, you know, the only, the only thing that needs to stop change is a little bit of doubt. People going, well, I don't know about that guy. Well, I don't know about Bernie. He might become a full-blown communist. There's a little bit of doubt is enough for them not to want that. But what you need is a group of people. Now let we take away the far left and take away the far right. Probably 90% of the country can all sit down at a dinner Probably 95% of the country could all sit down at a dinner and have a conversation. Probably. We could get along with everything, but the second we smack a pro-life on something, the second we smack a all lives matter, everything's out the window. So what Brett Weinstein has proposed is the is this joint unity party, which is really fascinating. He says, and he's, he's of course a scholar that's been kicked out of the left. The far left hates him. They literally, you know, kicked him out of his- I really wish you would stop saying far left. I mean- what do you, Antifa? What do you want me to call it? 
what kind of brainwashing have you had? Far left doesn't really exist. And Antifa is not even like a a thing, really. No, it's but this just is, like anybody a- who doesn't support Nazis is Antifa. Okay, well. But am I, I waving a flag and signing up for a... Well, it's a spectrum. It's not I mean, an organization. You've got center right, center left, and you have far right, far left. I mean, there's people that go so far extreme, they're like... they're But like, far right is like an actual thing. Far left is not like an actual thing. Well, either way, the, the non-actual far left got him fired from his job uh, because he wanted... It's, it's a whole nother episode. It's, it's, it's years of scholarly people that can talk about it better than I can. But he, he is a intellectual... Uh, part of the dark web. He's part of that group of dark web, you know, Jordan Peterson, you know, a group of people that are having these conversations that aren't allowed to go have conversations at schools anymore. And um, they've been silenced, uh, at least, at least in academic reasons. But so, so his idea is get a center left and a center right uh, partnership. A, a, they'll literally flip a coin to see which will be the president. Center left, Andrew Yang. Center right, General McRaven. What about Andrew Yang is center left? He literally was running on UBI. He's just got a lot that's... That's, that's like super progressive. Which is great. He's got a lot of progressive things, but he's not... Unfortunately for Bernie Sanders, there the idea people have about him isn't going to be changed anytime soon. These aren't people that are necessarily looking at his voting record. They just hear socialist. That's all they hear. Center left is somebody that while UBI, universal basic income, was a far out idea before the pandemic, people kind of realize, well, this might be something we need. And then the center right is somebody that you can trust. That's a general. And these are people. But why are we even like allowing these labels? That's like calling like regular milk organic milk you it's can't kind just of, slap a label on something it's kind of like playing the game for the people that aren't doing enough research that only want to stick to their team so it's like it's like it's like it's it's so like, lying well no i mean it's like the pr is basically formulating like you're you're kind of like painting something in the lens that people can then see it as so you've got so uh, you've basically got people that are going to vote. They're going to vote their own party no matter what. So in this instance, you go, look, you were going to vote Trump because you were going to vote your own party. Fine. Well, in this case, you can vote for this guy who's like a, you know, a decorated general everyone trusts who doesn't even, who, who wasn't even trying to run for president, but it's the idea that you draft someone as a duty to your country because this country's got a problem right now. Well, I don't, did you really explain how this works? So basically they're, They've got, according to them, a sort of equal amount of defectors from each party. They have people who like don't, who would rather support a a third party candidate. And let's be honest, that's what we're talking about. Third party than their own candidate. And they say about the same amount of people that have left the Biden camp and have left the Trump camp. So they, so their argument is that we're not, um, like tipping the balance right by siphoning off because i think traditionally a third party candidate siphons off a lot of voters from one of the parties like you know who who in the last election you know like voting it's, for it's always hurts the left green party you know is more likely to be made up of what would be democratic voters. and that's the way that the established uh, dnc has kind of 
always said to progressive people like, well, if you if you're really going to vote for him, it's a vote for Trump. And it's that kind of like, well, if you do that, then you're against this. And it's something that has stopped the progress of our country. Now, you you're familiar with what I'm about to say. So I'll say it as quick as possible. But the way the thing I've been always advocating for is a system that gets rid of the the Democratic and Republican kind of stranglehold where you have a system much like a Kickstarter that says, um, uh, you know, develop an app where it says I will leave my party to support these new candidates if it gets to a certain level that is equally drawing from the left and the right. So it's a way to create a third dimension. I mean, a lot happens when you go from 2D to 3D. Right. Imagine watching a 2D movie. That's a cartoon. That's an old car. A 3D is, you know, that's Pixar, baby. So we're going from we're going from old Alice in Wonderland to Pixar. We're taking a big step, creating a third party, changes leverages. It's not just, well, I'm from the South, so I got to vote this. What makes them think that this is more viable than any other third party that has always been unsuccessful? Well, so according to my plan, which I came up with several years ago, but I've never seen anyone use the technology for this, that the it wouldn't go into action unless you hit the critical mass where it could actually change the election. And according to Brett Weinstein's plan, Weinstein, Weinstein, I always mess it up. According to his plan, uh, if, if it comes close to the election and they don't have the votes... And they're not viable. They're yeah, not viable. They say, then they say, you know what? And then maybe next, and maybe next round, it gets better. It's almost like the resistance we were talking about earlier. But I think what they're forgetting about, and like, okay, so you have talked about this thing, this idea that you had. I before. love it. It's genius. No, 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 you've talked about this, but your your um, idea was kind of running on like the trust system, right? You had talked about like a vote trading kind of system. If you were from a blue state and you wanted to vote um, for your candidate in a state that was purple then you could swap votes with a person there but like uh, what my point is that the flaw in all of these ideas is that you're running on like human behavior right you're or you're gambling on human behavior in that case you're gambling on people's honesty or dishonesty in the case of this new brett weinstein weinstein thing steen thing someone's gonna be very upset that we messed his name up but we tried our best <laughs> it's all it's all spelled the same i don't know how don't he pronounces it, it. you're the one that's a you fan need to look back to like they're like you know 23 and me to find out how they said it back in the everyone should have pronunciation i think they're it. moving away from harvey weinstein Weinstein it was harvey weinstein oh geez I've, I, i'm too far in i can't remember so sorry Please he probably pronounces it different than the yeah. sexual predator. Is no, it's Heitler. <laughs> <laughs> it's a silent G in Heitler. <laughs> um, no, but my point is that the flaw in their plan, they don't account for people's stubbornness. If you give people the idea, the the glimmer of hope that they might be able to break free of this super corrupt governmental system that we have in the United States. And then at the last second, they realize it's not viable, so they drop out. How many people do you think are are not going to vote for them anyway? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happens with Bernie supporters. That happens where he said, I'm not, in, I'm not on your DNC side. I, I, I'm on this guy's side. I'm not, a, I'm not a football fan. I'm a Tom Brady fan. So it was like, oh, you're going to watch the Tom Brady on the Tampa Bay Bucks? You're damn right I am. I'm following my boy Brady. I follow Shaquille O'Neal from Florida all the way to the LA Lakers, baby. I am a nomad. I support people. And that's how it is. I would love for them to explore this because I would love to see Andrew Yang in a debate and General McRaven in a debate with these fossils. Biden's a fossil. 
the fact that he even made it was just shocking. He he won South Carolina and it changed his. I mean, shocking. Yeah. The poor guy's but being locked in the basement because he's such rigged. a liability. Rig. Yeah. Well, how do you unrig it? You say, you know what? No, but how, about- how do you get people to believe that they even have a fucking shot at making a difference or making any sort of significant change in this country? I'm serious. I love cynical people Tasha. People are so disillusioned. Like, no one here has hope that things are going to get better. It's the power of conversation, and that's why we're still, we're still new in the podcasting world, but it's the power of long-form conversation. What I love most about Brett Weinstein is that he went on Joe Rogan, then he went on the hill. Then he went on Fox News with Tucker. This this dude's willing to say, you know what? We'll take Andrew Yang and we'll take, how about this? A general. And you know what? We'll flip the coin for the first term. And guess what? After four years, we'll have him switch. Because according to the Constitution, you can do that. Uh, That's like, so, whoa, this is kind of fun. This is fun. Uh, but you know what would be more fun is if you didn't know who was going to be president until after they were elected. That's, that's what it is. I, I mean, I guess someone would have to be on the ticket. But that's the idea where you go, you know but what? That's what I'm saying is like our system even isn't even set up. Like the framework doesn't allow for that to happen. Right. It, it would be like because who's going to be on stage during the presidential debate, the president and vice president, two maybe presidents, two maybe vice presidents. But how about the, the VP debate? has a VP versus a maybe president. I mean, you've got Andrew Yang who already proved himself to have a loyal following. And it's like- Not big enough to win the nomination. Not even big enough to come in second but, or third. But enough to, enough to let everyone know what UBI is. I mean, that's a lot of people run for president just to get like their platform elevated. I well, think- Well, that's one of, the, one of the things that has been, I feel positive in the past couple election cycles is that people are- that you're having candidates who don't necessarily, uh, who don't become the nominee, but they really move the needle on what is like in the public's purview. Yeah. You know, like and what did social- Buttigieg move the needle on? Nothing. Nothing. Because he didn't run on anything. Right. He, he sounded like Obama. Yeah. He talked he, like Obama. He's, I swear he must have done a, a million hours of voice training to well, make himself uh, sound uh, like Obama. Uh, um, no, but really, I mean, Bernie Sanders is responsible for bringing universal health care to the forefront of everyone's, uh, um, not imagination, knowledge. And, and while Hillary Clinton was off on her book deal, when it was all said and done, Bernie Sanders was still working. And that's why, like, Trump can say, you know what, we're out of the Paris Agreement, but individual states said, you know what, we're back in. And this is like the new... Uh, Independence Day movie. What's happening right now? This is the fr- this is the USA that we all want to be a part of. Saying, you know what? No, no, we're going to come together because the, a divided people is what makes all of the deep state work. So how about we come together? I am, I am, I would gladly take the risk on General McRaven, who I know nothing about. I would gladly take the risk on him, a proven, you know, general who's like risen the ranks, at, you know, who doesn't even, who hasn't even asked for this platform, him and Andrew Yang over, over what could happen with Biden or Trump. I mean, they really need to get vocal about what their guidelines are. You know, what, what is the agreement and a, how do they honor that agreement and what sort of like checks and balances they have to make sure that like they really are truly, um, you know, making decisions together for the greater good, for the good of all people. But I think what a lot of people are going to push back, uh, are going to say as a pushback is, we is that like things won't get done, right? That compromise, you we're already so like 
separated our teams that there's really no way to agree. I think there's a lot. I, I understand that. Yeah, that's a big thing. But you go, well, wouldn't you rather compromise even if even if you lose a little bit or gain a little bit here or there i mean take like you, you look at even you know you got to even pat your pat the uh, you know the supreme court on the back once in a while they sure they were like oh you, you elect trump and you know it's going to be a whole three new generations of of this and that which is you know yeah it leans more conservative but they've proven that they're like they they got to where they are because they can think like critically like they're not just crazy i mean all of these saves that happened recently are just based on precedent i hate that you keep bringing up that like oh it's totally fine right. it's not fine it's broken no of course of course and but no no one thing that's interesting uh, that i think oh you're dripping on my fabric <laughs> it's just water it's condensation um <laughs> you hear that well Tasha gets real old real fast why are you dripping on my fabric over here one thing that i think is interesting with the this like third party proposal that we're talking about is that these are not um career politicians and there might there just might be i mean we don't know because we've never lived in a system that didn't have money running behind the scenes running the show like if we all all of all politicians in general on the right and on the left all of the decisions that are made come down to the that lobbyist, like dark money, money lobbyist behind the scenes Up these until backdoor dealing right i mean the reason we don't have universal health care is because of the insurance lobbying by the insurance industry the reason that we don't have electric cars green energy is because of the oil and gas lobby so but if, we're losing half of our audience here but no i don't think i don't think that's the case yeah this is not our usual topic but, no, but these are real tangible things that happen because think, of money if you think about, oh, well, maybe if these outsiders come in, you know, people who don't have long histories, I don't know anything about this general, I'm just making assumptions here, but people who don't have long histories in politics who aren't already bought and sold by certain industries that aren't greasing the palms of wealthy people, yeah. you know, it maybe... But that's Maybe what's crazy actually, about, about Jeffrey Epstein is that <laughs> we're going to bring it all. That's what's crazy about him is how many, you know, because he had all these video cameras. If you watch the documentary, he had all these video cameras in his house. How many people went to his place while there was pedophilia happening that get to do his bidding now because he, or he's dead, but because he had something over everyone else. You know what I mean? So like there are so many cases of politicians that did shady stuff, the Clinton Foundation, you know, they, you know, like just like robbed Haiti dry, right? There's all these things that have happened where people's votes now are dependent on others because they have dirt on them. So how about someone who doesn't have dirt, like, like a general that everyone has trusted and someone like Andrew Yang, who's just like a tech guy who's not worth much money but he's got really good ideas and he's doesn't know it all, but he's a smart dude. He's willing to look at it. I mean, it's at the very least more exciting than Trump and Biden two old men fighting. I mean, these are just old men with their dicks out seeing which one shriveled up less. And that's what we got 350 million people. And that's what we got. And finally people are showing a little outrage, but yeah, I mean, I, I, that is what we have because of our system. So rigged. Yeah. I mean, that that's, we really don't have a choice here. Yeah. The primary is just, it's really just a farce. But what we do know is that money aside, information is accessible now. And if one 
brilliant podcast or one brilliant interview amongst these potential new candidates goes viral, people can change their mind overnight. And that's what an epiphany is. That's what enlightenment is. It's going from, you know, but one you thing to the other. Realize that like all of the moneyed interest will do anything and everything to bury their credibility. And just like you said yourself moments ago, all it takes is a shred of doubt. And there's already a massive cloud of doubt that like, you know, we've been I'd rather take the risk and see what happens. Third party yeah. is not viable. I, I mean, our, this, our but, listeners probably like have zero idea because we didn't do a good job explaining it. But you know, if you're, they need to go look this up themselves. What's their website for that? Uh, for for the Unity Party? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I've just been googling it on YouTube. But I mean, it's incredible that that both the left and like Tucker Carlson is the most watched Fox News guy out there, and he's actually saying some shit that's probably he's probably too big to fail with Fox News. They can't just fire him. He's the most rated ever. But like he's saying he's he has AOC on. He has Bernie Sanders on. He's got this unity ticket on. I mean, there is there is like a reward that I think some of these media companies might find for like going, okay, maybe there's something else besides just like randomly backing what the DNC wants to churn out or whatever. And yeah, I do apologize if if to people where this podcast is your relief from all that, but you did get a first half an hour where I talked about my engagement. So <laughs> buck her up. If this one's not for you, join the Patreon. I got plenty of more content, but it is something that's very important to the discussion. And look, if you know it, <laughs> I like to tell people, look, we all the sports are canceled. We got nowhere to go. This is it. We're stuck inside we pent up. Nothing. Big shout out to Michael there in Mexico. Big shout out to Michael for being our $50 Patreon member. He just joined. We're up to 23 Patreon members. I never wanted to do the Patreon for fear of resistance that no one would even support us. So while 23 might sound like nothing when you think of like giant places for an independent podcast to have that support from our Patreon members, it is amazing. If you can't do that, if you can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. You know, some people are out there. Some people like Kyle. He's one of our Patreon members. He's still working full time at a hospital. He wow. can't even, he's working so, he's so essential. He can't even catch up on past episodes because he's so busy and he's still on the Patreon team. If so either of us Kyle. get COVID, we should go to his hospital because I need to go to a place where we trust somebody. You know, we're getting our test done on, on Monday, tomorrow. tomorrow. If you're listening to this, we might already be out, but um but boy, what a bad time to test positive. I mean, three months, two months ago, you could ride that high. Podcaster test positive for COVID. Now it's like, yeah, join the fucking line. <laughs> it's like, no, come on. But we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, we both, you know, we, you start feeling aches, you know. I have a, I, my knee goes out. I think I got the COVID. You pooped four times today. I was getting a little worried. COVID, baby. Diarrhea is a, got a that huge diarrhea symptom. COVID. <laughs> is it really? Yes. Oh, boy. No, I, didn't, I didn't have diarrhea. I had the opposite. Well, I had headaches and nausea really bad last week, and I was worried because those are on the list, too. Listen, gentlemen, you, if you're out there having sex and you, uh, you, you know, your performance goes a little quicker than normal, just blame the virus. There's a global pandemic. I got two pumps in me. What do you need? That's all I had. That's all they gave me. Um, I, I think we might as well get out of here. I don't think there's anything else we can say to be more divisive. But, 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 the, but the thing, the the thing is, it's not divisive. I know we have some listeners like Ray. I know you're in Minnesota. Um, I'm, I'm speaking specifically to one person. I know you're in Minnesota. Um, you have beautiful family, beautiful kids. I, I stalk you on Instagram. We're, we're old friends. Uh, I understand you don't want to hear like this crazy liberal talk. This is a centrist talk. 
This is a centrist talk that we're having. So, and I'm not, I'm not saying talking to her like she's a Trump supporter, but it does take away the well. I guess it's him versus this other wacko, you know. So, you're, but you're, you know, you're on to something. I had this thought the other day, and I don't even remember who it was um, that I was thinking that that I was like talking to or thinking about. But people that when you're having these conversations with people that you know and you love and respect, people, coworkers, friends, and you find out that they have differing viewpoints than you, you can still remain friends. You can still uh, have civil conversations. And in in Facebook world and in the media, you know, a, a lot of people have sort of like, we've, we've gotten super reflexive and we feel, you know, none of these talks are on Facebook or on Twitter. You know, you're just trying to like write out your point as fast as possible. Away this. Yeah, you and ta- it's bad when you take it's away not this. nuanced. It's not understanding, um, and so I guess all I'm saying is like, well, we can we can bring that back a little bit. We can try and you know what I love normalize a conversation versus just being right or wrong. Listening. Well, I want to end on a little visual. You know what I love the most about the show American Pickers? You know the show? Yeah. Couple. couple- dudes they got this stupid van they drive all around the country looking for you know treasures in somebody's garage i love when they show up and they see like an old coca-cola sign and they have this old dude he's got he's got his um kanye gap jeans on his overalls you got this old dude with the white beard you know some kfc looking dude and and they go yeah we'll give you 40 bucks for this coca-cola sign and he goes whoa better think again that's worth 200 bucks and they go oh boy that's a little high about 60 bucks they go 180 and then you can see them they're like angry they're cutting back and forth 65 170 90 140 115 you got a deal and then they shake and then they're happy again they both won everyone needs to win mcraven yang 2020 (laughs) everyone yang mcraven i don't know everyone needs to feel like they won you need to leave the car a lot feeling like you won i don't ever want to win an argument with you where i'm like told you bitch gotcha I could go back in certain arguments and be like, oh, I said this then, and you say, no, you didn't. Well, the the win in a relationship, the win in the country is everyone feeling like they benefited. Yeah, I mean, that's actually the point of like a good negotiation, right? That's the goal of a good no- negotiation is that both parties feel like they got a good deal. And what's always happened, like you get a good deal. what's always happened with the politics is that there is the the DNC always says, well, we need like a center Democrat to win like that. You have to appeal to both sides. But what they're showing is, no, you need to be like, you need to appeal to your base. You need to be farther apart. But with the unity, you've got a little bit of, you know, you got a little representation on the left. You got a little representation on the right. You got a little bit in the center. All right. We all get, you know, what, you might know. be gluten free, but we got a dish for you. Well, what you get is a promise that they'll work together, make decisions together. And then the added bonus is that neither of these people, I think maybe, I don't know about this general are career politicians right neither one of them were selected by the the dnc or the rnc these chosen few right that have been like shadow running our country for generations that's it you know who knows if these people keep good on their promise if by some miracle and this will never happen but by some miracle in the wacko world they were elected who knows how it would actually turn out now's I mean, the time with like four what is it four or five months left now's the time with critical mass where you can say yeah a lot, a lot of things can happen in the next couple of weeks i mean most people listening probably haven't heard of this it's not in the mainstream media really i mean well fox news i mean it's starting to pick up steam because it's a force that that it needs to be addressed uh, and listened to versus dismissed. And that's what we've done a good job doing. Uh, If anyone wants to read 
my new article on Medium called How I Procrastinated My Proposal. I'll put a link below. Uh, leave a clap. That's like a like button. You can leave a clap and um, that lets people know that you enjoyed it. And um, I'm going to be posting like a vlog moving forward about how the how the article is done and all that. And we're going to have a vlog coming out of our um, 4th of July, which we didn't even talk about, but we had a good time. I carried the dog out of the canyon. He got a little too hot. So I had to carry a 55 pound basset hound, sweaty with his fucking dick just pressed into my neck i had to carry him over my arm uh i I think tasha's got an instagram story you can go see her if you want to see what that uh looks like uh but uh anything you want to promote there oh tasha courtney you ready to go make some chinese food we get the wok fired up we'll get the rice cooker the air on i was craving soup but it's hot in here this was a good one look at that one hour it was a good one wasn't it yeah. All right. At the dot sap on Instagram, write to us sex actually podcast at gmail.com. As always, if you can't support us on patreon.com slash this app, that is okay. You can just screen grab what you're listening to, share it on your stories with your friends, tag us. Any sort of promotion is good for us, and we appreciate all of your support. Everyone have a good second half of 2020. It's the second half, baby. Just warming up. Bye, everyone. I just said to Tasha, I go, that was a good one. She goes, if you say so. <laughs> yeah.